Thank you very much indeed for talking to us today in the Judge Business School's Window on the World podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about what the new risk research tells us and why it's important for the business community? Sure. Um, We saw this first of all as an opportunity between the Centre for Entrepreneurial Learning and our colleagues uh, in the Department of Psychiatry to um, look at entrepreneurship in a slightly different way to how it's normally seen in management. Uh, First and foremost, it came about through an anecdotal kind of event, really, over a cup of coffee, where uh, the question was posed, are entrepreneurs born or made? Um, Slightly tricky question. So we said, well, actually, the only reason we're asking this question is because we somehow believe entrepreneurs to be abnormal uh, individuals. And therefore, if there are tests for abnormality, maybe we can conduct that. And it's in this context that uh, Professor Barbara Sahakin and I had a, a long discussion and decided that what would be fun would be to apply some of the tests that they do normally in uh, their department at Addenbrooke's to our entrepreneurs and compare them with so-called successful normal managers and see what differences would arise. And what differences did arise? Well, uh, first and foremost, really, when you look at uh, the tests were conducted between hot and cold decision-making, so different parts of the brain are functioning, the cold parts are the calculating parts, the uh, mitigating of risk and analyzing uh, situations. And in those cases, there is no difference, actually, between entrepreneurs and other successful people. But the uh, difference came arose really in the so-called hot decision-making, the impulsivity tests, the test of uh, gambling, the test of taking risks, uh, and, and the difference is really stark in that situation. So entrepreneurs are risk-takers. Does that mean that they don't quite fit into management models of today? Well, it's quite possible. Uh, They are certainly this group of serial entrepreneurs, or risk-takers. They've started more than two companies, some are over 50, in fact. And, yeah, I guess if we're looking at um, their approach to impulsive behaviours, it goes really contrary to the flow of management generally, which is all about uh, business planning and budgeting and so forth. And so the impulsiveness side of the entrepreneur, combined, if you like, with the Um, risk-averse planning would be the ideal combination. But yes, entrepreneurs, therefore, if they are impulsive, wouldn't fit normally the management role. Does that mean that you take more risks when you're young so that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you ought to start your business when you're young? Yeah, that's a really interesting point because the data is showing us uh, in this that the 51-year-old average age entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, has a very similar risk profile to the 17 to 27-year-old profile, Um, whereas the normal managers are uh, normalized against the population at their own age-appropriate groups. So certainly, if if the younger people are uh, more prone to taking risk, have a higher appetite for it, then we should give advice which goes contrary to what they normally get, graduates, say, go get a proper job, get some experience, earn some money, learn the skills, and then go start a company if you want to. Was what we should be saying is have a go to begin with when you're young, when the risks don't seem so great, learn about entrepreneurship, maybe learn your own attitude towards risk, and then you can make a longer decision. Do you think this risk research will change the way that managers feel about businesses, who they invest in and why they invest in them, so that they at last think, well, perhaps taking on someone who's creative, who takes a risk, is a good management decision, not a bad one? I really hope so. I hope the research is as influential as that. Um, certainly, I think uh, um, two, two groups need to really think hard about this. One is actually the senior venture capital industry um, that uh, seeks to hire CEOs into on so-called entrepreneurial companies. 
But if you look at the profile of people they hire in, they would hire in people who have been in large companies before uh, through the use of headhunters. And that's basically saying those people have taken most of the risk out of the business. Um, and what we're looking for is entrepreneurially minded people. So for business communities, they need to say, how long can you sustain the entrepreneur inside a growing company before there's a change of management? Can we retain the entrepreneurially-minded, risk-taking, creative person in our management team or on the board of the company to make sure we never lose that spirit of uh, entrepreneurship? And um, equally, managers need to understand that maybe the, the way they hire and the way they uh, tolerate risk within their companies uh, needs to be uh, uh, more favorably. Can you teach or learn risk-taking? Is it a management tool that you could say, we're going to have a lecture, and by the end of the lecture, you're going to be a risk-taker? I think lectures would be just part of the picture. That would be to sensitize people to the attitude to risk, uh, def defining reputational risk, financial risk, and so forth. But I think really learning by doing is the best model. And to get students, graduates, or getting young people and even others to experience, to feel risk by doing uh, things and stretching themselves beyond their uh, normal day-to-day -day work would be a much better uh, option. So what's your de definition of a good risk-taker? Is it someone who goes to events, who networks, who creates their own products, who markets their own products? Yeah, the risk-taking uh, entrepreneur is certainly out and about a lot, uh, without question, and uh, they absorb a lot of this through tacit knowledge. So if we were to separate them between serial entrepreneurs and novice entrepreneurs, the serial entrepreneur, I guess being older by definition, would have been out and about much longer. Uh, so it's the novice entrepreneurs that we need to train up and say, actually, guys, go and meet people, meet other people who take risks, see if it's for you, uh, and, and kind of soften the risk, if you will, uh, your perception of risk, uh, understand whether it's real or just in the mind. Now, I think this risk research won't come as any surprise to you because you indeed have championed for some time the idea that perhaps managers don't understand entrepreneurs. That's right. I guess this is really hard data for uh, what would be a lot of anecdotal um, evidence that sits around us. And certainly um, there are a couple of scholars in the past, uh, Tony Watson being one who's saying that uh, distinguishing between entrepreneurship and management is a fatal distinction. But clearly the roles and expectations are different. A pure risk-taking creative individual who doesn't have the self-discipline to make those cold analytical decisions uh, would just be a nightmare to work with. Equally, somebody who's only ever taking analytical decisions never has the spark of seeking opportunity or, or moving forward would also not be able to innovate and, and move a company along. So you need the both sides. Ideally, in my mind, the risk-taking entrepreneur that is um, what we require is somebody who's got a left-hand, right-hand side of the brain which is kind of functioning in balance. So somebody who's got the energy of uh, the entrepreneur to take the risk but is able to take stock and say, hang on a minute, will this actually work? That is the hardest part of entrepreneurship, actually, is to decide when an opportunity should be taken. Well, how come you knew from a very early age, and from being an academic, that entrepreneurs needed support, they needed backing, and they needed a champion because you are indeed their champion? <laughs> Well, I guess um, you see it around you. I've been involved in entrepreneurship education for 22 years now, I suppose. And you see young people and you realize you need to create effectively a spider's web, a safety net for people so they can stretch and develop and experience themselves and grow in their own right. So much of what happens in entrepreneurship is learned. You learn about your own desires, your own motivation, your own appetite for risk, uh, and then you build your own self-confidence up to either do something or not. Then you need to acquire social skills, functional skills, all of this sort of thing. 
And as an educator, that's what I've been involved in for so long. So what advice would you give to the young entrepreneur? And would it be different to the advice you'd give to an old entrepreneur? Yeah, I think mostly the old entrepreneurs say, please share your experience with younger people. And to the younger person, go say, find somebody who's done it before and try to learn from them, a bit like an apprentice. Um, but not just from one entrepreneur, because we're not in the Frank Sinatra School of Entrepreneurship. Go and learn from many of them. Uh, go networking, stretch your boundaries, do things that are new and different away from your routines. Try to get a feeling for what it is to take a risk, not just the um, a scholarly view of risk, but actually deep down in your gut what it feels like. So the risk research is indeed underpinning all that you've known and championed for many years now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we hope uh, we can extend the research further to look at new and different groups because this particular context is high-tech entrepreneurship, disruptive technologies out of the university environment of Cambridge. What we now need to understand is whether the same thing applies in other environments and other contexts, uh, whether risk is indeed the issue for us uh, in entrepreneurship education. Well, that's phase two. Thank you very much indeed for talking to me in the Judge Business School's Window on the World podcast. You're welcome. Thank you.